Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Are you good? Are you excited? Happy to be here at Oaks Church. As Pastor Brandon mentioned and Lewis mentioned, it's, it's Pentecost Sunday. Um, I, I'm going to explain that to you today. A lot of people, a lot of churches, sadly, um, I would say there are thousands of churches around the nation that won't even mention Pentecost Sunday and don't even know it's today. Um, when we would not be what we are as believers without that day, with what Jesus did on that day. And it's a massively important thing. In fact, I want to just take a second I'm going to pray before I do anything else. I want to pray. I feel like God wants to uh, open some specific doors in people's lives today. I think he wants to open up some avenues of blessing and favor in people's lives today. And I want to take just a moment to pray. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you would release your word, release your favor, release your strength, release your courage. Father, your will be done today. Your word be declared today. God, we love you. We love you. We love you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So Pentecost, it literally means 50 days. That's what it means, 50 days. Pentecost is a Jewish holiday. You might think, well, what does that have to do with us? Joel, we're not Jewish. Well, Pentecost is a part of a string of holidays that was incredibly important inside of the Jewish culture. And it was part of the holidays that Jesus intentionally uh, fulfilled with his ministry. So Pentecost comes exactly 50 days after Passover. Passover is the day where, um, where we celebrate or the Jews would celebrate the death angel passing over them in the land of Egypt because they had put the, the markings of an innocent lamb, the blood of an innocent lamb on their doorpost to identify that they belonged to God. And the death angel passed over and anyone in the nation of, of Egypt that did not have the, the markings of the, the blood of the lamb was they lost their firstborn son that night. They lost the firstborn male out of their flock, out of their herds. It was a massive death that happened all across the nation. Every single household that was not marked with the blood lost and had death on that night. Tragic. But it was the thing that broke Pharaoh's back, essentially, and he released the Jews, and they escaped. They crossed the, the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army was destroyed in the Red Sea. They go into the wilderness, and, and now they're in the wilderness, and Moses goes up on the mountain to seek and to have an experience with God. He comes down from the mountaintop with two tablets, 10 commandments, and it was on exactly the 50th day after they had been released from Egypt as slaves. So they celebrate that day in the Jewish culture as the day that they were given the law of God. They were given the commandments of God and they celebrate. It's a massive holiday that comes. It's called the Feast of Weeks. Seven weeks, 49 days. On the 50th day, they celebrate Pentecost. And that was the holiday that Jesus 
was also fulfilling a specific thing that he had declared would happen, which was the giving of the Holy Spirit. So on the day, watch this, on the day that all of Jerusalem was filled because the Jews were commanded on the high holidays to come back to Jerusalem, the holy city, and to worship God in the holy city on the high holidays. So it was a day that all of the nations were represented. Jews from all over uh, different regions and even different continents were inside of Jerusalem that day. And Jesus, on the day they're celebrating the giving of the Torah, the giving of the word of God, they now are given the spirit of God. And Jesus declared, the Bible declares that God's word would be written on the tablets of your heart, that the Holy Spirit would fill you. I've watched with my own eyes. I've seen moments where someone was miraculously saved that had never been in church, had never heard the Bible, but were miraculously saved. And instantly they begin to declare things out of their mouth that were in the Bible and they'd never heard the Bible. God just wrote things in their heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I could tell you the story of Victor Estrada, who was a demon-possessed man and that we ran across in Hollywood uh, on a missions trip. We had about 50 teenagers, and we're staying in, at the Oasis of Hollywood, and we were doing street ministry all around uh, Skid Row, all over LA, and on, on, down, up and down Hollywood Boulevard. And Michael and I, but another pastor buddy, we were walking to go get yogurt. And we're going to get yogurt, and we run into this demon-possessed dude. We didn't know he was demon-possessed, but he instantly was demon-possessed. We began to try to pray for him, and he began to manifest. I'm talking hissing, biting. It was, it was like out of a movie, like out of exorcism actually happening. Mike and I look at each other, and we're like, in the name of Jesus, we we're going to take authority over this demon. Cast the demon out in a yogurt shop. Pinkberry. Hollywood and... In Vine, right there at Hollywood Boulevard, cast this demon out. The dude gets radically saved, literally at the table. There's a line of people getting yogurt. We're doing an exorcism in a yogurt shop. People are just minding their own business. Just, I want to, just give me a yogurt. Cry out loud, put some berries on it. Get me the heck out of here. We pray for this guy. Literally, the entire taking authority of this demon, when he, when he finally was able, he couldn't say the name Jesus. The demon would not let him say the name Jesus. When we finally got him to that place where he could say the name Jesus, the power broke off of him. The demon's power broke off. He literally almost passed out. We then prayed with him to get filled with the Holy Spirit. He instantly begins to pray in the Holy Spirit, hands raised up, praying in a heavenly language right there in the middle of a yogurt shop. Then we're like, let's go ahead and we're gonna help him. He couldn't even walk. We have to like help him get out of this place. And he's a little, like a little Cuban. He's a little Cuban guy, Victor. We get out and he finally kind of gets his strength and he goes, well, pastor, you don't know what you did, pastors. You don't know what you did. You don't know what you did. And he goes on to explain, watch this. When he was 12 years old in Cuba, he went to a satanic ritual with his grandfather. His grandfather had him drink blood and invite this demon in. He went home from that event and murdered his own family, murdered his parents, had been on the run for the last 38 years, been driven by this demon. People had tried. He's like, people, I mean, he's like, everyone tried. Everyone tried, Pastor. Nobody could cast it out. Nobody could cast it out. But Jesus, Jesus delivered him. Jesus delivered him. And I watched Victor Estrada instantly go from a demon-possessed drug addict to preaching the gospel and quoting scripture all over Hollywood Boulevard. Mass, I'm talking biblical proportions, miracle of biblical proportions. What I saw with my own eyes. And we have churches all over the world that don't believe that happens anymore. Don't believe that the authority of Jesus Christ is available for us. Don't believe that, that people still get healed. Don't believe that tongues is still available. Don't believe that prophecy still happens. They've been taught a bad doctrine. It's a doctrine of demons. 
The Bible talks about doctrines of demons. Well, let me ask you this question. Who would want you to believe that you no longer have access to any of God's power? Satan or God? It's pretty easy, right? See, the church has been through a lot. Uh, the church was originally a very Jewish church. The church of Jesus Christ was a very Jewish church. They were all Jewish. It was years before Gentiles began to get saved. You know what they also were? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, did you know that every single, every single writer of the New Testament spoke in tongues? Did you know that the number, there's two ways to get people to leave your church. Talk about tithes, talk about tongues. People will just leave. Out, check. Mildred, it's one of those churches. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> but I will stand before God on whether I preach the whole gospel or not. And Jesus actually said that one of the signs of people that would believe in him would be that they would cast out demons, they would heal the sick, they would speak in tongues, and they would take authority over deadly situations like serpents and scorpions and whatever. He talked about authority. And all of that was released to us on a holiday called Pentecost. 50 days, the giving of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody here like to be in charge? Like to be the boss? I like to be in charge. I married a woman who likes to be in charge too. We have good conversations oftentimes. Very clear. No mistaking what is being said. Voices are raised. It happens. I remember our, our daughter, Sydney. She's, she's got a really unique personality. And I remember she does, I, she, this is part of the curse of being a pastor's kid. You get to be part of the sermons and people hear stories from your childhood, but it's okay. You, you'll be proud. She's, she's, she's a, was a natural born leader. I remember being on the playground. She was about maybe three or four and, and she was playing follow leader with some neighborhood kids and she was in the middle of the pack and she's following. And all of a sudden she just takes off to the right. And I'm like, Sid, where, you, where are you going? What are you doing? She goes, I'm the leader. I'm, I'm the leader. And she just goes off the just takes off. And, and then finally, I mean, she keeps walking around. She's doing what she wants and she's a leader. And they start, all the other kids start following her. She's a leader. <laughs> just had it in her. You know, Jennifer's like that. I, I had that. Some people just, they just take the lead. There's just kind of their personality. Other people sit back a little bit. Everyone's got different gifts and different skill sets or whatever. But I remember I was 14 years old when my, in, in my martial arts studio, I was probably a red belt or something. And my instructor said, hey, Joel, warm up the class. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'd never done it before. And I start warming up the class and he had to take a phone call. And I see him about 15 minutes later, peek through the blinds and give me the thumbs up and then give me the keep going. And I ran the whole class. And then it was time for the next one to start. He, you know, hey, psst, get going. And, and I, I run the whole next class. He never come back. He took the day off. Here's a four, child labor, 14 year old child labor. But the next week I got hired. Four bucks an hour. Let me tell you what, cash money. 1985, 86. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was an amazing experience that I loved being in charge. I remember any of you that grew up in the 80s, uh, my, my mom had to go back to work. And, and when, when she went back to work, I was the fourth grader. I had two little sisters at Linwood Elementary School. And my job was to have a key around my neck that would open the house. 
And it was my job to make sure my sisters got home safe and got in the house. And in the 80s, what did they call it? You remember? Latchkey kids. What a weird name, latchkey kids. But we wore these little keys around our neck. And to me, a key was, was power. I could let my sisters in or not. Because I had the key. had the power. I remember I had a key to a, to a bike lock. Man, oh, do you remember the freedom when you, the first time you took off on your bike? And, and, and man, I mean, when, growing, when you, if you grew up in the 80s, dude, you were on your bike, your parents' summertime, they had no idea. You're like two cities over on your bike. They got no, there's no cell phones. There's no pagers. You're just gone. Be home before dark. That's it. I mean, we had no idea where we were, but we had freedom. Oh man, and then you're 16 and you get your first car. You got the keys to, the, to a car. Now mine was a 1974 Volkswagen Bug. That little Beetle, I thought it was an SUV. They didn't have SUVs back then. We had station wagons and we had trucks. We didn't have, I guess they had Broncos. They had, but it wouldn't have called. But this, I mean, I took this thing off-roading, rabbit hunting. My, my Volkswagen Bug was, was wild. I mean, and I'm all over the place. It was freedom and I had the keys. Something about it. But then as I got older, I, they kept giving me more keys, more keys, more keys. You know who has the most keys? The janitor. It's the keys that it didn't just, it, it wasn't just about authority. It, it, then it was about, it's about responsibility. Oh man, I, I'm at a stage right now. It's like, I don't want this, this, this one. I want one key. That's the key to the church. I don't even want a key to my house. Just push a button or something. I don't want to carry keys. Jesus talked about how he had all authority. Jesus has the keys. He has all the keys. He has the keys of the kingdom. The scriptures declare that he has the keys to death and hell. He has the keys. It says that he actually ascended into heaven, but before he did, he descended into hell. When he was in the grave for three days, he descended into hell and he conquered death and hell. We, we, we don't have to listen. There is a massive proliferation of a spirit of fear that wants to rule your life. And, and there are forces at work in the government, forces at work in the media that want you to live in constant fear. But we've not been given a spirit of fear. They rule through fear. So it's this variant and that variant. And now it's monkeypox for crying out loud, monkeypox. How do you get monkey? I don't, don't look it up. Pretty gross. Guys, Jesus holds the keys to death and hell. He says in Revelation chapter one, he said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and hell. Satan has no, listen, Satan has no authority in your life. He can't kill you. He can't take you out. He has no authority in your life. He has no authority in your family except what you allow him to have. Jesus has the keys. Jesus has the keys. My, my pastor, when I grew up in Oklahoma, 
Willie George, Church on the Move, one of the greatest pastors, great Bible teacher. He would talk about the devil. So the Bible says the devil is, is, is he goes around like a roaring lion looking whom, for whom he may devour. And my pastor would teach that he's not actually a lion. He's faking it. He's putting on, he's pretending trying to get you to believe that he's a lie and he wants to scare you into submission and he's looking for whom he may devour, which means he has to have permission. He would say the enemy would go, hey, it's me, the enemy. May I devour you? Yes, you may. And the decisions that we make, the relationships that we keep, the habits that we have, different decisions, it, it, it potentially can give him permission in our lives, to devour us. Bible says that God's people die for a lack of knowledge. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth, all authority in the universe, all authority in the cosmos, in the heavens and on earth has been given to me. I have all the keys. He's the author of life. He has the keys for life. He's taken the keys for death. He has all the keys. He has the keys of the kingdom. Heaven and earth, all authority. They've been given to me. Therefore, he says, go and make disciples of all nations. So he has all the authority. And his first words are to delegate that authority to us, to his believers, to his followers. And what's our, what's our mission? This is a, it's called in scripture, the great commission. It's a mission that we all share. We are all missionaries, partners on a cooperative mission. We're agents on a mission for God. And the mission is to disciple nations, to have influence for the kingdom over nations, people groups, countries, influence baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus has authority, all authority. What is the word authority that Jesus used? In the Greek, it's the word exousia. Exousia. It means executive power. The CEO the CEO has the executive power to make whatever decision needs to be made and to employ people to get to work to accomplish the vision of the organization. Jesus said, I am the CEO of heaven. I am the executive. I have the executive power and I'm releasing it to you for your mission. Why is Pentecost so important? Because Pentecost was the day that Jesus shared his power with all of his disciples. Jesus, he said, it's not good for me to stay here. Can you imagine that? I mean, any and all of us would want, if, if we had the opportunity to actually be in the presence of Jesus in the flesh, every one of us would sign up for that. He said, it's not good for me to be here. It's good for you if I go. It's better for you if I go. Because if I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit to come and fill you with my power. to give you executive power, to give you authority. See, as we continue on this series, we'll talk about authority and how authority works. And I, I want to do my best to teach you how to wield the authority of Jesus Christ in your life. We'll demonstrate that a little bit later on in service. 
But, but one of the things to understand, and I'll, I'll mention this in the future again too, is that the Bible says all authority comes from God. All authority. Have you ever been under bad authority? Abusive authority? I have. Ever had a really, really bad boss? Ever had someone in charge in an area of your life that looked down on you because of your gender or maybe the color of your skin or maybe because they thought that they were better than you in some way, shape, or form? It can happen. There, there are bad authorities out there. But somehow, God has delegated for that season a certain person to be in power. We don't understand why. We may never understand why. But there's a reason for us to be under certain authorities for a certain season. And what I've come to realize is, is it's because there's something for us to learn. There's something he wants to develop in me. I've had some pretty bad bosses. I've had, I've, I've had verbally abusive bosses. I've had, I've had physically abusive, abusive bosses. I was a professional martial artist working for national and world champion martial artists that were my bosses. And, and they literally at times would abuse me physically. I'd get mad at me and take it out of me in the match, in the, in, on the mat in training. I mean, cuss me. I mean, I, I'd, never, I'd never been treated like that before. But I was underneath a certain time. Sometimes you're underneath a certain leadership so you can learn who not to be. You'll have leaders. Brandon's been with me since he was 18 years old. Angel, since earlier than that. There's things that they've learned from my, from my leadership that they're going to say, wow, I really want to, this is something I admire and I want to, Travis has been with me forever since he was 14. I admire Joel in this way. I want to be like Joel in this way. And then there's other things they're going to say, I don't want to be like him in this way because that's not me and I'm going to, this is who I am. And guess what? That's normal. It's the same thing with our parents. I have things about my, my, I literally, I would tell anyone and everyone, I have the absolute best, best, best parents in the universe. And there are things I want to be just like them in. And there are other things that I want to be different. And that's normal. But we have to recognize that the, there is authority that's put over us for a season to protect us, to teach us in all kinds of different ways. And the, the role that we have to recognize is, is, Father, how am I supposed to relate to the authority figures that I have in my life for whatever season that, that, that I'm in this position. And I, I had, I'm telling you, I had bosses in the church. I had abusive bosses in the church. No. Christians can be abusive? Well, go figure. Humans, guys, they're humans. They're humans. And, and, and there were times where, where I literally, there was one specific leader that, that I got nose to nose with. Because nobody talks to me like that. Let me tell you what. I don't care. You're my boss. No one talks to me like that. Period. But then I had to submit to authority because he was still my boss. But he had to recognize that I'm a grown man. I'm not one of your little flunkies. Don't talk to me like that, sucker. Take you out back. I don't care about this job. I might get a promotion. <clears throat> Don't know what happened to him. He's gone. We have to learn how to recognize that people in authority make mistakes. The, 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 the tragedy, the tragedy that happened in Uvalde, Texas, where you've got 
tons of cops there who have bad information, who have all the authority, all the power. Their mission is to save lives. And they're arresting parents for trying to get in there to rescue their kids. They're handcuffing parents for bad, guys, bad. There's, I mean, I don't have all the facts. I'm not trying to judge anybody. I know people are trying to do the best they could do. That's bad. But does that mean that all cops are bad? Of course not. Somebody made a really, really bad decision and it, it's probably gonna cost them their, their whole future and everything. I mean, it's, and it should. But, we, but we, can't, we can't go on an anti-authority mission in our life because somebody who was in authority did something wrong and made bad decisions. We have to recognize that God is the author of life and God is the giver of all authority. And the reality is Jesus wants to give you the keys. Jesus wants you to walk in authority in your life. He, he wants you to walk in authority. It, it, Jesus was the delegator of authority inside of any organization. The CEO has the authority. He gives each employee a certain measure of authority to go and do a certain task. But that employee, watch this, that employee doesn't have the authority in and of themselves. They have the authority that was delegated from the CEO. So Lewis is our worship leader. And, and, and Lewis has abilities I don't have. I can't sing and I can't play and, and I can't any, do drums and I can't do any. And that is not my gift. He has, he has a gift that I don't have. But when he's on this stage, he's operating in my authority that I've delegated to him as our worship leader that God gave to me to build and run this organization. Do you understand how authority works? It flows. It flows. So we have to recognize that authority is a good thing. And authority, again, it's power, but it's responsibility. At the end of the day, I'm responsible for a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of people, a whole lot of lives. And the sad thing is when someone who's in authority falls, messes up, affects lots of lives. So pray for leaders. Pray for leaders. It's a mandate because leaders need help. But what we want to do in the same regard as Jesus, he wants to give authority to his people. He wants to delegate authority. He wants to give you the keys of the kingdom. Watch this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist and others say Elijah and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. It means little rock. And on this rock, the, uh, that word for rock is this massive, great big rock. I will build my church. And the misconception that happened in the early church was that Peter was the rock that God would build his church on, that God would build his church on a man. And that's not true. Jesus didn't use the same word for rock. The word he used for Peter was like, like a nickname, like Rocky. The word he used for the rock of, 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 that he would build his church on was like Gibraltar, like this massive bedrock of stone, totally different words. 
And the rock that Jesus was referring to was the revelation of who Jesus is. That's the rock he builds his church on. The revelation of who Jesus is, the identity of Jesus. Why is that rock so important? Because we get our identity from him. Who he is speaks to who we are. So the rock of revelation is not about Pope Peter. It was never supposed to be built on a pope or a popal system. It was supposed to be built as a team of people on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so many places throughout church history, church has gone astray and gone off the path. And I'm telling you, we're at a crucial place in our nation. The church of Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. If we don't stand up and take the keys that God has given us, we will lose our nation. The problems that we have in our nation, many of them, are because Christians are silent and absent and impotent and don't operate at all like Jesus. Jesus shifted the whole governmental structure. Jesus walked into the, t- it would be like Jesus walking into the Supreme Court building and taking over court. That's what he did when he went and turned the tables over and set up his ministry. He, he absolutely influenced the whole system of how everything worked because he had authority. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine someone in our current day and age walking into the White House and just taking over and everyone letting them. No way. Wouldn't happen. Jesus did it. Why? He had so much authority. No one could, do you know they tried to kill him multiple times and he would walk physically through them and they could not touch him. Palpable, tangible authority that he walked in. There's stories in our church history during some of the revival seasons where there were, there were ministers that were so full of the anointing, full of the power of God, they would, literally, they would literally get on trains and they would pray and pray and pray. And as they would drive the train through and they would pray, they would drive through the cities, people would be getting saved on the streets. Revival was happening on the streets and no one was, it was just the power of the authority that different individuals walked in. It's part of our church history. We're so cozy. Come to church. It's too loud. It's too soft. It's too dark. It's too light. It's too hot. It's too cold. He yells too much. They didn't sing my favorite song. Nobody shook my hand. I I, I mean, I thought they were going to have donuts. They didn't have donuts. The coffee was... eh. I mean, they're play, they don't have a playground. Am I supposed to, have to go to church? I can't even care. <laughs> Did you know that Christians still die in other countries for their faith? And we're over here focused on 
meaningless stuff. We, well, we got one of our missionaries right now. I can't tell you where. I, I made a mistake of saying where and saying her name. Her life's in danger. She's in a country where it's illegal to be a Christian. It's illegal to proselytize. She's a Christian who's a Jew. And, and now they've passed a law. She was able to be in the country as a Jew undercover, really a Christian. Do an incredible ministry. Rescuing kids out of child slavery and child soldiering and all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and the city, the, this nation, they hate the Jews so much that not only are they making it where it's illegal for you to be a Christian or proselytize or even speak. Now it's illegal to speak to a Jew. If you speak to a Jew, it's, it's a death penalty. And we got a lady on the mission field and that country and her and all the people that work with her, their life is in danger right now because they're working for Jesus. And we're worried about the line at Chipotle. On this rock, I'll build my church. Jesus says, in the gates of Hades, the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's a couple things I want to point out here, guys. What are gates for? What's the purpose of a gate? It's to keep somebody out. A gate is a defensive mechanism. Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What that speaks to is that hell is on the defense and we're on the offense. But we don't know it. We don't know it. We're, we're, we, guys, it is so hard not to be hopeless about our nation right now. So hard not to be hopeless. So hard not to be heartbroken. So hard not to give up complete belief in anything and everything that we thought we knew about when we were raised. And, and we feel like we're just trying to stay behind our little gate and And Christians are supposed to be on the offense. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. We have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. We have the authority of Jesus Christ. We're not supposed to be living on defense. Sure, you have to have a good defense. Sure, you have to guard yourself. But we're supposed to be on the offensive. We're supposed to be on the attack. We're supposed to be, Jesus calls us salt and light. He says, we're the salt of the earth. Yeah, we don't even know what that means anymore. Man, just good old, they're just good old boys. My salt of the earth, just good, old, just good old boys. Just the salt of the earth. Flyover states. Oh, salt of the earth. No, no, no. Salt in this age, th this is the age before electricity. This is the age before refrigeration. This is the age where the only way you could survive is to have salt to preserve your food. We are the preservative for the world. We are the only thing. Guys, you have to understand that. 
You are in this world to be a preservative. You are in this world to add seasoning, to add flavor, to have influence, to make a difference, to affect change. Jesus says that the salt loses its saltiness. It's good for nothing. Throw it out in the street. Melt the ice. Drive over it. I'm telling you, Christians are being driven over because we don't know we got the keys. We're not the salt. We lost our saltiness. Do you know that 29 of the signers of the Declaration of Independence had Bible college degrees? Pastoral degrees. Oh, well, this, it, was, it was not founded by our founding fathers. Oh, no, yes, they were. The majority of them had pastoral degrees. A flawed nation, but a nation founded by believers. Do you understand that we have a president in Abraham Lincoln that was partners with a man named Frederick Douglass? And the two of them worked together, a white leader and a black leader, to abolish slavery. They were partners. Frederick Douglass read the Constitution. Out of his own mouth said, this is an anti-slavery, anti-racial document. But we're being told now that the whole thing is racist. Because they want to divide us. When in its, in its actual founding, if you actually do the real history, most of the founding fathers knew that slavery was a problem and they created the document in a way they didn't have the solution yet, but they wrote the document in a way that future generations could move forward and slavery could be abolished. And it was. And our nation has made massive, massive, massive strides forward. Is it perfect? No, it's messed up still because we're human. But it's so much better than it was. And if we're not careful, we'll believe liars that want to take us back in history and make it like it's not. Guys, it's so much better than it was. Not perfect yet. But we as the people of God need to continue to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. We have to open our mouths, use our influence, because we have the keys. We have the keys. We can't sit back and let ungodly, atheistic, anti-Christian, anti-God, anti-Christ people make those decisions. We have to take territory. We have to be a voice. We have to be salt. We have to be light. Did you know that darkness cannot defeat light? Anywhere these lights shine, darkness flees. And you're the light of the world. I had no intentions of being political in this conversation. That's not my goal at all. My, my goal is to be kingdom. We have the keys of the kingdom. And we're supposed to affect the world around us for a positive change. You are an agent of change. That's what salt and light is all about. And the method, the method, the method that Jesus used to put his authority inside of you was the Holy Spirit. Jesus' work was not finished 
when he died on the cross. Jesus's work wasn't finished when he rose from the dead. Jesus was in the grave for three days. He rises from the dead. It says for 40 days, he appeared and disappeared and taught them the scriptures, taught them about the prophets, taught them about all the different things that, that, they, that, that, that they should have learned and should have understood. He, made the, he unveiled the scriptures to them. And then he ascended into heaven on the 43rd day. And seven days later, he says, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes and you're, and you're filled with power. The Spirit's gonna be poured on you and you'll be filled with power. 50th day. Luke 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. He said to them, it is not for you to know, this is Acts chapter one, verse seven, not for you to know times or the dates my father has set for his own authority, but watch, but watch, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. You'll receive power. That word power is the word dunamis. It's the word we get dynamite from. That's the type of power. You have dynamite power inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And you know what that word witness is? It's the word martus. <laughs> it means martyrs. It's a hard, that's a hard sale. It's a tough altar call. But that was Jesus' altar call. I'm going to give you dynamite power so that you could have the ability to die for me. We live a cushy experience here in McKinney, Texas, Collin County, wherever you live. But we've got missionaries, we've got believers all over the world that are dying for their faith in Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if we don't stand up and take the keys, there will be Christian martyrs in America again. It will happen if we don't take the keys if we don't be the salt, if we don't be the light. Well, Joel, I don't know what to do. Well, the number one thing you need to do is get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Get filled with the supernatural nature of the Holy Spirit and allow God to begin to unveil what you're supposed to do. Let God begin to show you what you're supposed to do. Let God begin to divinely connect you. You can't do it without his power. That's why he said, you have to stay here. You cannot do the mission without my power. You have to have the authority, the exousia, to get the mission done. To even understand the mission, you have to have the authority. I want you to, to stand with me today, if you will. And I just want to pray over all of you. I want you to, if you would, just, just lift your hands like this, like you're receiving a gift. In fact, I want you to kind of just close your eyes and imagine you're a kid on Christmas morning and, and you got your hands up and there's this giant package, this giant gift being handed to you. The gift of the Holy Spirit is an incredible gift because the gift of the Holy Spirit comes with all kinds of different gifts. It comes with the gift of, of, of the supernatural prayer language called tongues. It comes with the gift of, of prophecy, the, the ability to hear the voice of God and understand what he's saying and say what he says. It comes with the gift of, of supernatural knowledge and supernatural wisdom. It comes with the gift of being able to pray for people and see them healed. It comes with the gift of being able to, to pray for certain things and seeing miracles happen. These are the gifts that are inside of the gift of the Holy Spirit given to you so that you could actually be like Jesus. Just pray this prayer with you. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I want the fullness of everything you intended for me. I believe you rose from the dead. You're the son of God. 
my Savior, my Lord. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me all the way up. Every ounce of power, every ounce of authority. Give me the gift of the Holy Spirit and all the gifts that come along with it so that I can operate in your supernatural power, your supernatural authority. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit. Come on, just lift up your hands, begin to worship the Lord. We're gonna sing for just another moment. Lift up your hands, just begin to sing. Some of you may begin to sing in your, in your new language. You've got a heavenly language. The Lord's gonna begin to inspire you. He's gonna put words in your heart, just go with it. He's gonna give you your own melody, just go with it. Just begin to worship Him, however you worship Him, in spirit and in truth. We pray this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks for listening and have a great week.